we agree together for utterance in the Holy Ghost, that you'll think through my mind and speak through my lips and minister unto every person in person and online, that our lives might be better for it, that we might give you and you only all the glory, honor, and praise. We ask this in Jesus' name, and all agree with that prayer said, amen, amen. amen. Won't be before you long, but I'm very excited about what I want to share. In the book of Psalm, number one, you might know this by heart. The Bible says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But that man is blessed who delights in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. Amen. I want to continue today what I started last week called Premarital and Marriage Advice. This is part two. So if you missed it, it's available for free of charge online. You can download it, uh, watch it, or listen to it. The specific title for today is Understand the Assignment. I felt a couple of weeks ago, felt led by the Holy Spirit to take some time over the next few weeks. And I, don't, I, I really don't want to rush this because it's so important. Um, if you're visiting with us, I want to share with you five things that we're called at Faith Family to do. The Bible says to write the vision and make it plain so that they that read it can run with it. So all of our Faith Family, we're running with this vision, and we invite you to run with us as well. There's five things that God's called us as a Faith Family to do. Number one, we're called to preach and teach the word of faith with the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So we're always going to preach the word. We're always going to preach faith, but it's going to be anointed. Amen. Amen. Number two, we're called to preach the blessing, the message of prosperity, that God wants you to be rich. That's why we take the time to go over what the word has to say on the subject of finances. Those are the top two, number one and number two. Number three, we're called to worship at a high level. Amen. And I've just been enjoying this last season where we're just going to higher levels concerning our worship and our praise. But number four and number five are also equally important. Number five, the fifth thing that we're assigned by God to do is to build strong marriages. And so every year there's going to be a season, a time where we talk about what it takes to have a healthy home. Amen? Amen. And then the fifth thing that we're called to do is to win men. To win men. Um, there are not enough men in church. Amen. And I'm not just talking about this church. I'm talking about every church, Amen. right? There's typically always, statistically, more women that are in a church than a man. And uh, the scripture says you smite the shepherd and the, sh the sheep of the flock will scatter. So there's a real attack against men. And we're attacking the gate of hell in that area. Amen? Amen. So over the next few weeks, uh, I want to give you some advice concerning marriage. I've been counseling for over two decades. It's outside of preaching, the number one thing I do. 
um, in terms of, you know, my work as a pastor. And there's five points of advice that I've gleaned over these years that I want you to help me unpack over these next few weeks. I'm going to give you all five today. Number one point of advice is to get help. Whether you're looking to be married someday, you never get married without premarital counseling. Amen. Always be developing yourself. Help yourself. Self-help. But above all things, look unto the hills from whence cometh your help. Whether you're married or unmarried, concerning the future of marriage or marriage, get help. Uh, number two, become a student. Uh, number three, we're going to look at today is understand the assignment. And then number four is beware of five major areas. We'll go over that. And then the fifth point of advice is to get good at communicating. Amen. Now, last week we talked about number one point of advice is to get help. Do we have that video? Is it ready to play? Do we got the audio set up and everything? And so one of the things that you want to do is when you need help, get help. Some things you can deal with over the counter, right? But some things actually need a little more professional help. So whether it is uh, one way or the other, be sure to get help that you need. Yo, yo, dude, you, you need some help? Don't worry about me. Yo, there's, there's no shame. You don't know my family, man. My parents or brothers or sisters or cousins ever found out. Dude, this weight is pretty heavy. I just need some time and I'll figure it out myself, okay? Sometimes you just need some help. So if you need therapy, find a licensed therapist at BetterHelp.com. So what's the first point of advice? Y'all say it out loud. Get help. That's some good advice. Amen. And it's good for you to know that. Number two is become a student. We ask the question, who taught you how to be a husband? Most of us learn from somewhere, even if we taught ourselves how to do it. But what we learned last week is to go to the one who invented it. Amen. The one who ordained it and sit at his feet and let him teach you how to be a wife how to be a husband. I want to give you the third point of advice today, which is uh, all of this is just near and dear to my heart. Number three, understand the assignment. Amen. Understand the assignment. Look at Malachi chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. Understand the assignment as it relates to your marriage or your future marriage. Verse 14 says, yet you say, wherefore, because the Lord has been witness between thee and thy wife and the wife of thy youth, against whom you have dealt treacherously, yet she is your companion and the wife of your covenant. And did not he make one? And yet he had the residue of the spirit. And why one? Why did he establish marriage? That he might seek a godly seed. Therefore, take heed to your spirit and let none deal treacherously against the wife of his youth. Most people, including Christians, get married for all the wrong reasons. And really have no idea what marriage is really about. Amen. They fell in love. They, they thought they were compatible. They wanted to have a family. They 
didn't want to die alone. I, you know, I could really lay it out if I had time. Most people, including Christians, get married for all the wrong reasons. I believe it's also as a result the cause of 46 to 48 percent of every marriage ending in divorce and including an increased percentage for those that have been married the second or third time. It just the, the percentages go up. Very few understand what I'm, what I'm about to teach you today. Very few understand the assignment that comes in marriage. Look at what Malachi 2 and 16 says. Malachi chapter 2, verse 16. This is right after verse 15. He says, For the Lord God of Israel says that he hates divorce, for it covers one's garment with violence, says the Lord of hosts. Therefore, take heed to your spirit that you do not deal treacherously. Um, that's the second time in these three verses that he uses that word. And if you've known anybody that's ever gone through a divorce or if you've ever gone through a divorce, it is treacherous. It's a bad thing. It is a gate of hell. And God warns against it. Amen. He says, take heed to your spirit. He takes notice of how you've been dealing in your marriage covenant. The reason why divorce is so rampant, even including those that are in the church, is because very few understand what I'm about to teach you today. Very few understand the assignment. So all the single ladies, in preparation for your future, please understand what marriage is about. Marriage is not about you. <laughs> it's not what you can get out of it. Not what you want from it. It's about the assignment. Look at Matthew chapter 19, verse 3 through 6. And I believe we have it on the overhead too, so you can notice this there. Jesus was with the disciples and the Pharisees also came to him, saying to him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? People get divorced for all kinds. You can Google the top 10 reasons of divorce, right? People get reasons. And, and they wanted to know, is it, is it okay? And people, Christians, in, in marriage counseling and all kinds, people want to know, is it okay for me to get divorced? Well, we just read in Malachi 2, verse 16, God's view concerning divorce is he hates it. What does that mean? He doesn't want to have anything to do with it. Amen. But they wanted to know, hey, Jesus, is it okay for a man and a woman to divorce for just any reason? Look at what Jesus said. And he answered them and said unto them, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, for this reason shall a man leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall be one flesh? Question mark. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh, period. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. Amen. 
So in answering the question, he asked them, don't you understand what marriage is and what marriage is about? Because if you understood what marriage is and what marriage is about, you wouldn't be asking me this question because when God instituted, he made two into one. And how do you divide one amicably? Oh, y'all going to help me to pray today. How can you divide one and it be okay? Amen. They are no more two. You can't separate. It has become one. You try it and it's a mess. It's treacherous. It's like trying to cut yourself apart with a butter, uh, with a butter knife. Come on, somebody. That's not the way it was intended. And notice what he said. He said, what God has joined together. Say it out loud. God joined. Marriage is a God joined relationship. He literally, whether it was before you got saved or after you got saved, when you stood before a judge or a pastor to get married, whether saved or unsaved, God joined your spirits together. A lot of times I'll get in counseling and, and situations and, you know, things just have been bad from the beginning and they just really, and, and one of the things Satan puts into their mind is that the reason why they're having all this time is because they married the wrong person. That this person is not God's will for their life, and therefore it just ought to make sense to God for us to get a divorce because, you know, we weren't meant and supposed to be together. Listen, the moment you said, I do, he did. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they became God's will for your life. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And there is hope. There is future. But it begins with you understanding the assignment. Marriage is not about you. It's about the assignment. Let me give you the assignment. What is the assignment of marriage? Now, this message could be summarized in one sentence. If you get this, you got it, right? But I'm going to unpack it for you so you can have it with revelation. What is the assignment in marriage? Simply, to love them like God loves them and at the highest level humanly possible. It is that simple. What marriage is about is God assigning you to love your spouse like he loves them. God loves them. Amen. Even as they are. Come on. God loves them. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. For God so loved the world while they were wild and out. Amen. While they were doing their worst, God loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him would not perish. But come on, help me. Have everlasting life. He loved them when they were at their worst. Not even looking towards him, despising him, hating God, but yet he loved him. Let me say it again, because I really want you to get it. If you get this, you got the whole thing, and you're on your way and on your road to success. Marriage is not about you. It's about the assignment. Well, what is the assignment? It is about God giving you the assignment to love this person like he loves them and at the highest level humanly possible. Do you got it? Do you get it? Come on, somebody. What are we talking about? Turn to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew 22, verse 36 through 39. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Verse 37. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor 
as yourself. Notice that we're not to love our spouse like we love ourselves. How many of you know you should love you? But this commandment is from the Old Testament. And it has been replaced with a new commandment. This commandment, these two commandments, are the greatest two commandments in all of the Old Testament. But they're not relative to us today. I wish I had time to teach this. In the Old Commandment, they were not born again. They did not have the Holy Spirit to live on the inside of them. God chose Abram out of which he brought forth a nation through which he was able to bring Christ. And in order to do that, God knew Abraham would obey him and command his children after him. And God then commanded Abraham's seed to love him more than they love anything. Because that's the only way you can get God to move in your life. Come on. is when you love him more than them. When you more love him more than it. When you put God ahead, he can do whatever you, he would to do in your life. So he commanded his people, love me with all your heart. You can say that's kind of impossible. But that was the commandment. That was the goal. Love me more than anything. All your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And then here's another one. Love your neighbor like you love yourself. Now, typically, no man yet ever hated his own flesh, but cherishes it and nourishes it. Amen? Typically, generally, you love you. Oh, it's like that guy said, I love me some me. Was it Deion Sanders? Who was that? Neon, I love me some me. <laughs> That's kind of off, but it's real. <laughs> you know, you love you. You take care of you, typically, generally. And so that was a good minimum basis without the help of the Holy Spirit, God gave mankind the assignment prior to Jesus to love other people like you love you. You know, the golden law is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You wouldn't mess with somebody else's family so because you don't, wanna, you don't want somebody to mess with your family. Come on. It was a good basis. It was a good platform. But it's too low. It's too low. In the New Testament, in John chapter 13, verse 34, Jesus said, a new commandment I give unto you. Who he's talking to? He's talking to his disciples. He says, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another like you love yourself. No, that you love one another as I have loved you. Amen. That you also do what? Love one another. Very few times do we have in a new com the New Testament God giving us a new commandment. In the Old Testament, he gave them ten commandments, and they were the big deal. And then on top of those ten, he had these two great commandments, which weren't a part, well, they were part of the ten, but they were kind of separate from the ten. Amen. But in the New Testament, Jesus having fulfilled all the law at the end, before his departure, he says, hey, guys, hey, everybody, listen to me. I've got a new assignment. Oh, this is so good. I got a new assignment for you. I want you not to love the world. He's talking to his disciples. He said, I, 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 you know, in the Old Testament, he said, I want you to love one another as you love yourself. 
in the New Testament. He says, all right, you as my disciples, I want you all to love each other like I love you. And this way the world will know that, that you belong to me because of how you love one another. So we'll get them. I don't want you to focus on loving the world. Matter of fact, in the New Testament, he said, love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. Oh, y'all got to help me today. Because he says, if you love one another, the world will see. Y'all got something I don't have. Y'all have such a, a real love for one another. And they'll see that. I, okay, so he gives us a new commandment. Somebody say a new commandment. New commandment. Now, this new commandment, John 13, 34, is the platform and basis for understanding the assignment. It's the first part of the assignment. God, when you get married, he's assigning you to love them like you love them, but at the highest level humanly possible. Amen. You say, well, why is the other commandment exempted? In 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 19, notice in the New Testament what it says about loving God. He says, we love him, talking about God, because he first loved us. So now, nowhere in the New Testament are we commanded to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength. That's referring to the Old Testament, but that's not for us in the New Testament. The New Testament, what it tells us about loving God, you can put it back up, is that we love him. Somebody say, that's automatic. That's like the ugly, the ugly duckling, little hatch the egg. Oh, come on, somebody. The egg hatch, and it looks up, and it's like, mama, right? It, it really wasn't that, oh, y'all got to help me now. Come on. When, <laughs> when you get born again, it's like, God, I love you. Come on, somebody. It's like, you ain't got, oh, come on. I don't have to tell my wife, my kid. I don't have to tell, I don't have to command her. What does it look like for a man to command his wife to love you? Love me. <laughs> not today brother not today you are commanded to love me he commanded them to love him it was a different day amen i don't have to force my wife's arm up you know tell me you love me no that's dumb right it ought to be you know it ought to be automatic amen it ought to be automatic that she loved me right but why do we love god we love him because he first loved us. So now we don't need that first and great commandment, right? As a matter of fact, if you look at Romans 5, 5, the Bible says, now hope doesn't disappoint because, listen to this, the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. So now we're not commanded to love God because we love him automatically. And when we gave our heart to Jesus, we got born again and the Holy Spirit came on the inside of us. And then he started kicking over buckets, love buckets. Come on. Love. Oh, y'all got to help me. The Holy Spirit in you poured out. Somebody say greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Who is he that lives on the inside of you? The Holy Spirit. He's on the inside, and guess what he did when he moved in? He poured out the love of God, not just regular love. I love my wife. I love my dog. Something wrong with that. Come on. I, I love pizza, right? It, it ought to be different levels of love, right? I love, I love my car. I love my job, and I love my wife, and I love my dog. Like, is that right? like all at the same level? Oh, y'all got to help me. So listen now. In a Greek language, there are four 
words for the one word love in our English language. You know, when I say all of those loves, you know, there ought to be a difference. And there is. But in the Greek, they were more descriptive. There are four different Greek words for the one word love. There's agape, which is the God kind of love. Anybody ever heard the word agape? All right, it's an unconditional love. It's beautiful. It's magnificent. There's phileo. That's a brotherly love, like Philadelphia, the brotherly love. I love my brother. You know, I love him. Amen. And then there's uh, storge. I remember this because the stork carries the baby. It's a motherly love. Oh, y'all got to help me. And it's a, just storge. Just remember that. The stork carries the mother. The, the stork carries the baby. That's a motherly kind of love. Brother Hagin said that a, the love that a mother has for a child is second only to the love of God. It's just that strong. That, in other words, your daddy, he'll give up on you at a certain point. I mean, you can only go. But your mama, you could be a serial killer. She'd be reaching in the bar saying, baby, I love you. A lot happened to you, and the world was, come on, somebody. You know, the, the world is like, kill him and put him away, right? And like, mama love you. That's a special kind of love, right? The love of a mother, wonderful. I don't even compete with that, amen, in the natural, but I'll tell you about that in a moment. And then there's uh, erotic love, eros. We all, we all know about that. We don't have youth church today or I would talk more about that. Amen, amen. All right. Somebody say the love of God, brotherly love, motherly love, and then physical love. What kind is poured out in you? It's the love of God. You got God's love in you. Now, Galatians says that the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love. You have the capacity in you right now to love like God loves. You can play something softly for me. You have the capacity in you right now to love like God loves. You have the capacity in you right now to fulfill your assignment in marriage, which is what? To love them like God loves them. It no longer becomes about you. It, it no longer becomes about how they're treating you and what they're not doing for you and what, what, what they've done to you and what they did. It's no longer about you. It's about you Loving them like God loves them. If I had the time to do a seminar, I would actually start listing out. How does God love us? How does God love them? He loved them by giving Jesus. He loved them by giving them the word. He loved them by, by dying for them. He loved them by forgiving them. He loved them. I mean, and you can just go through the list of how did Jesus love us? Because he said, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another like I love you. So now you have to look at Jesus and use him, not yourself, not about how you love you because it's all about self and what's happening to self, but now use how Jesus loved us as the example of how you get to love. Isn't that a, isn't that a beautiful love? What happens in marriages where they get thrown off is that they, they don't tap into this amazing love of God and draw from it to love them with. And they end up loving them through eros, which only goes so far. They love them through phileo, and then they, 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 they try to mother them. I mean, all, and it just don't fit. It don't work. It was designed by God to be an expression of 
unconditional love. I'm almost done. Hallelujah. At the highest level, humanly possible. Brother Artemis, can you come up here for a moment? This is Artemis Hancock. He's got a really cool name. <laughs> yeah, good to see you. Man. Yeah, I love you, brother. Thank you. I love you. Amen. Now, I say that, and I really mean it from all my heart. I've known him for several years, and he and his family. Just a great blessing. I love them. Um, I pray for Joshua every day. I call his name out in prayer every day. I pray for him. That's your nephew, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, love that boy. Now, uh, if Marquita was here standing with me, I love both them the same. I love Marquita Donye Scott. And we got yet we got rid of Yarbrough. Amen. <laughs> and now she's Marquita Scott. Actually, it, it, I, I get into that on another day. Amen. So Marquita Scott, I love her. I love her. Ah, oh, I love her. And I'm not just talking about these low levels of love. I'm talking about with agape. Unconditionally. She can do just about anything. I'm still going to love her. Not going to give up on her, right? I love her. Now, I love Artemis. Same way. Same love. There's no degradation of the quality of love that I have for him. But there's limits on how I express it. Right? Y'all saw me. I gave him a real good handshake. Give me a hug, brother. All right, all right. Yeah, all right. Not, not too much. Not too much. <laughs> you, know, you know, you're talking about bring it in, brother. You know, you... you something wrong. <laughs> something wrong. <laughs> it's, it's too you, all right, let, let, it, let it go there, brother. You know, <laughs> you know, there's limits to how I can express it, right? Now, me and Kamaku, but I, I'm making a real good point. There is very little limit to the expression of love that I can make towards my spouse. Uh, I call it, I get to love her like God loves her, but at the highest level humanly possible. See, I can love him and express love to him financially. Give him a holy handshake to express the love of God to him. But I can buy her a house. I can buy her a car. Come on, somebody. I can take care of all of her financial needs for the rest of her life. And after my life, I can set, it up, set her up real good. Amen. I ain't saying enough amen on that. I can really express love financially to her that if I express love financially at a higher level to somebody else other than her, it, it would be inappropriate to me to look out for my folks. Oh, come on. I'll get to that. You better sit down now. I'm going to go ahead with it, right? And then physically, I'm really done because it was a one-liner today but it gets so deep. And if you need help, get help, right? But you need to understand the assignment. You can unpack it. Maybe we can get into it some more, but you got to understand the baseline. You're called to love them like God loves them and at the highest level physically possible. There, I can give her more than a hug. 
I, I, I can kiss her on the cheek. Amen. I can hold her hand. Amen. Amen. And then I'm not supposed to physically express love like that. Oh, I'm preaching good. I'm not, so, I'm not physically supposed to express love like that to any other human being. Now I'm starting to understand the physical intimacy part of marriage. It's not about me. In that moment, it's the expression of his love for her. And he called me to do it. Did y'all get anything good out of that today? A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. There's two more parts to this that we'll get into before we get into some other stuff. I don't want to rush it. But come on back, get the other parts, and you'll be blessed because of it. Prepare yourself. If you're an unmarried person, get it right so that you don't experience that 46 to 48 percent. Amen. And those of you that are married, praise God. Hallelujah. This is your opportunity to sit at the feet of Jesus and learn more. Be a continual student. Amen. Of marriage and of God's plan for your marriage, and you will be blessed. If I could have every head bowed, every eye closed in prayer, no one moving or walking except those that have been assigned. You might have come today. Maybe you're checking us out as a church family. Maybe you were invited by a friend or a family member. But let me ask you, have you received God's love for you yet? Have you accepted Jesus Christ to be your Lord and personal Savior? If that's you, I want to pray with you and for you. If you want to receive God's love and be born again, then I want to pray with you today. Maybe you're online. Maybe you're backslidden. You know God. You know uh, Jesus, but you haven't been living according to it. You haven't been obedient to God, and you need to come home today. I want to pray a prayer with you to deal with the unrighteousness in your life, that you might live the life that God has called and commissioned you to live. I want to invite everybody to pray with me, whether in person or online, to give your life to Jesus or to rededicate your life, pray this simple prayer and God will save you right where you sit. Say this out loud. Congregation, help them out. Say this, God in heaven, I come to you today to give you my life. I do believe that Jesus Christ, that he is the son of God, that he died for me, bearing my sins for me. They put him in a grave, but I believe he's alive. He's risen. Come into my heart. Save me from my sins. Lord, I repent for all my sins. And I accept your offer of forgiveness. Therefore, I am saved. I'm born again. I've dedicated my life to the Lord God Almighty. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you put your hands together? Praise God. If you prayed that prayer, we congratulate you. We're so thankful that God brought you across our path today. Get into a good church like Faith Family Church where you can have the word preached and taught in a way that you can understand it. And you'll see your life reach new levels and you'll be blessed because of it in Jesus' name. How many of you are already excited about next week, next Sunday? Praise God. Amen. Well, stand up on your feet. I want to speak this blessing over you and your family as you are dismissed. Hold up one hand before the Lord.
And I declare over your life and your family to be increased, to be enlarged, to be fruitful and to multiply and to be replenished, to be filled, to overflowing and to abound with abundant prosperity. I declare money be loosed into your hands in Jesus' name. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance to you and give you peace. God bless you. In Jesus' name, you are dismissed. If you're visiting, I'd love to see you at the welcome.